This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today we discuss the airline industry from a workforce perspective during the COVID-19 crisis. But before we begin, a few announcements. If you have any questions, comments, stories, uh, announcements, go to feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Also, if you're interested in our career coaching, our scholarships guide, and also the various online courses, make sure you visit aviationcareerspodcast.com and click on the courses. We have a new course. It talks about putting together your pilot resume in five simple steps. Uh, And don't forget, if you're looking at the scholarships guide, uh, at the beginning of every month, we pull together all the donations that come in, and uh, we give away one scholarships guide for every $10 using the coupon code PAYITFORWARD. Easy to find. Just go to aviationcareerspodcast.com. Today, we have a special guest, our pod. Sakal from London, uh, our pod's an aviation attorney uh, by training, and he leads the aviation and aerospace practice at a private executive search and assessment firm, Sellens Plus, uh, based in London. Uh, he advises on organizational issues such as executive search, leadership and board assessment, succession planning, diversity, and inclusion strategy. Uh, joining us today, our pod from uh, the UK, welcome to the show. Thank you, Karn. You know, our pod there's uh, there. It's amazing what's been going on here with the COVID uh, nineteen. You have such a incredible background and list of things that you've been doing and working with. And I'm sure you are. Even though we're through, going through this crisis, you're very busy, aren't you? Yeah, there's an awful lot going on. Although the economic impact has been quite indiscriminate, at least. Uh, uh, on the aviation aerospace side of things, all parts of the industry have been uh, impacted. MROs, caterers, all type of workers have been hurt, either furloughed or laid off already. The entire um, travel and tourism supply chain globally, which is a trend, $10 trillion uh, industry, by the way, has been essentially put on hold. And not even the biggest industry players uh, here in Europe, like the, the Lufthansa and the, and the British Airways, are um, being bailed out by their governments. And of course, this is an already very fragile environment with uh, many recent um, airline failures like Flybe and Thomas Cook here. So, yeah, not easy, but oh. um, yeah. uh, we're hoping for a better future. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, our pod, uh, just to give the audience uh, a little background, let me just talk to the folks here and just uh, to give you a little background on our pod. Our pod conducts uh, like senior level engagements for clients globally, you know, across the aviation and wider transport and infrastructure sectors. He advises international clients on senior level succession planning and all aspects of diversity, inclusion and employment engagement. We've had him on the show before to talk about that. Prior to his career in executive search, our pod worked at the aviation department of two leading international law firms in London, where he handled various EU regulatory matters, including passenger rights. Our pod regularly speaks at events and conferences on a host of diversity and inclusion topics, including 
Unconscious Bias and Gender Equality. He's an active member of the Aviation Club of the UK, the Royal Aeronautical Society, and the Air League. Together with the Royal Aeronautical Society's careers and employment team, he's hosting a webinar series, one aimed at careers and young professionals, and that's scheduled for Wednesday, May 6th. Uh, and another focused on seasoned industry executives. So what I want people to know is if you're listening to this in the future, even if, you know, after the COVID uh, crisis has ended maybe years from now, make sure you go out there and replay that on the Internet. Uh, our pod, they're going to have those, both those webinars available, correct? Yeah, that's right. And it's going to be available on the uh, Aeronautical Society's um, careers website. Uh, but it's, I'm, I'm going to include the, the link on the uh, show notes, uh, Carl, so that um, it's going to be accessible. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the industry. Um, want people to make, make them aware that we also have uh, some videos we've been coming out with, you know, a furlough and how long do furloughs last. And, um, you know, as a lot of people know, I was a furlough rep for Airline Pilots Association, worked a lot with a bunch of UK carriers. Uh, one of our biggest partners was Flybe, and, and we know what's happened to Flybe recently. Um, but uh, give us a little overview of the industry as far as from my us, a workforce perspective, you know, the difference between like flying personnel and then also the folks in the office. So, Carl, we still don't know what the impact is going to be, but here in Europe, at least, nearly one out of five uh, flying personnel, like pilots, are on um, precarious uh, contracts, which means that they work through temporary work agencies. They're essentially self-employed with um, no access uh, to, to the rights direct employees um, enjoy their sometimes are on zero contracts, zero hour contracts with no minimum pay guaranteed. And um, with BA planning to cut up to um, 30% of its total workforce, uh, SAS Scandinavian is likely to lay off 5,000 of their staff. And even Germany's Lufthansa has warned that um, it will be um, left with 10,000 excess staff. So it really doesn't really matter which part of the industry you're looking at. Even um, the, the manufacturers, Airbus, this week signaled that um, thousands of jobs uh, would be lost as they're um, trying to resize their operations to, to match a much lower demand. So the whole supply chain is, um, is being affected quite um, drastically, and we'll see quite a lot of um, change in the form of employment, such as obviously um, a lot of people will be self-employed. A lot of people will be, again, on these um, precarious contracts, and we'll see the agency work um, continue, which is, of course, less than optimal because uh, you don't enjoy the same benefits as others on a proper employment contracts. So there will be fewer formal jobs in the sector, that's, um, that's for sure. And uh, more of us will have to, of course, see ourselves as self-employed, um, if not as uh, entrepreneurs, really, there will be a very uh, much increased competition for far fewer uh, opportunities, whether you're looking at the airlines or the airports or any other parts of the, um, the industry, that uh, thing is for sure. You know, it's apropos that we're talking about this right now, especially for those that don't know, we're recording this on May 1st, uh, May Day, which also uh, is a term we don't want to lose in, use in aviation too much, but it's also considered International Workers' Day. And, uh, you know, we have celebrations in the Americas and Europe, all over the, the world, and uh, it really has this has truly, and I'm glad you mentioned that, it really has impacted the workers tremendously, that's for sure. Um, look, at, I mean, I'll give you, me as an example, I am actually not flying for a couple of months. I'm one of those people that have said, okay, 
uh, I volunteer to take some time off. Uh, so, and we're going to talk a little bit about the different ways you can take time off. Um, and one of those things we hear a lot in the news lately, and they're using this term a lot late in this last crisis is furlough. And, uh, and we've heard the term layoff. So what's the difference between furlough and laid off? So actually the term uh, furlough or being furloughed has not been that commonly used here, at least in, in Europe. But the airlines using this method, which is essentially an alternative to a layoff, um, furloughing means that effectively um, you remain employed by um, your organization, but you're paid less uh, and um it can happen in any industry, but airlines tend to, to do it quite often when uh, situation, economic situation changes. Both uh, private, public uh, organizations um, uh, do this. And it's, um, it's a quick and efficient way to cut costs when necessary, essentially. It's, it's, um, it's temporary and uh, it is used to retain stuff until the situation normalizes. But... Um, it's um, essentially a, a way to bridge a gap, and uh, obviously, in most cases, there is there is an end date to furlough, but uh, it's not always the case. So, um, and and then of course, that leads us to what being laid off or what is a layoff. It typically happens when a company needs to to cut costs quite quickly again, and um, there are many other many reasons. Obviously, now we have um, COVID nineteen, but it happened previously in um, in other uh, crises. But um, that means that the employee's salary and all benefits uh, are, of course, um, uh, terminated. And it's a very quick and easy way to reduce expenses. I mean, the whole purpose of mass layoff is to get rid of the the biggest uh, expense a company has, which is, of course, um, the workforce-related expenses. So a layoff is, of course, uh, not temporary, but uh, permanent and um, has very significant consequences, of course. So in the in the U.S. airline industry, uh, we've been using the term furlough for a long time. And it normally, as far as uh, the frontline workers, when you say you've been furloughed, that's an involuntary leave of absence. Big difference, because just like you said, you're still employed. Uh, there are some voluntary furloughs. We normally don't talk about that too much in the industry. It's usually uh, they go into other things like leaves of absence, that type of thing, which you can consider an involuntary leave. But uh, from from the you know the nomenclature in the U.S. and the U.S. airline industry, uh, when someone has said I've been furloughed, it's usually not a good thing. But the the one thing about that is the fact that you have what's called recall rights and you can come back to work. Being laid off, totally different story, and that does happen sometimes too. Uh, you know that's that you lost your job and you have to re apply. So let's talk a little bit, though, about what to do if you get furloughed or you're you're laid off right now, because I think people really want to know that. So let's talk about a few practical tips, why don't we? I think both opportunities, obviously, if you're being furloughed, then um, you have a bit more peace of mind because um, you still have an employment contract, you're still um, employed. But some of the best things to do, um, whichever um, eventuality uh, happens to you, is really uh, take stock of your employable skills and and really um, identify uh, skills that are transferable. Update your branding. That's really important. Investing in relationships to really be ready for whatever happens. Even if you don't get taken back by your organization, um, you are um, prepared. Basically, you you need to really. Um, reinvest in those um, networks, relationships, because you never know when you're going to need them. 
this is also a really good time to advance your professional development. There's an awful lot of uh, material out there which is uh, for free, which is um, uh, specifically aimed at um, job seekers, and um, you can really um, upgrade your your uh, skill set. But I think one of the most important things for to do um, in any case, whether you're furloughed or or um, being laid off at this time, is is to really upgrade your um, skills, whatever they might be, um, and and really update your uh, branding online. Because especially going forward, um, interviews, assessments uh, will all be online, and you just need to be. Um, up to speed with the technology, with uh, with uh, all the various assessment methods um, that are going to be used by uh, organizations across various sectors, not only in aviation or aerospace, but um, in any um, sector. Yeah, and most importantly, it's something that's been happening in the U.S. industry. I'd like to hear your feedback on in Europe that a lot of folks didn't need a resume. And uh, it's those small things, you know, resume, LinkedIn, those type of things, assessing your skills and, and, you know, keep flying, keep, uh, you know, moving forward and, you know, get another degree, et cetera. Uh, If you're somebody who's in management, you know, for those listeners that are, you know, like in the chief pilot's office and up to management, that's something is really important to do is keep those skills moving for then definitely uh, you know that's and i think that's something we forget is uh when something changes like this there's what they call the new normal and we forget okay yesterday i never needed a resume to get a job today i need one so what do i need to do to move forward um so uh, so i think that's a yeah. that's a great idea and and also i think it's important to to reevaluate yourself isn't it yeah exactly exactly it's a perfect time to do that and really just um um be honest with yourself and and really um, self-assess. So when you're, uh, say you're in that other, you know, we we talk to a lot of frontline employees on this podcast. Uh, I'd say about eighty percent, uh, and some are in the management roles, chief pilots up to you know v- vice presidents. Uh, what do you tell those folks as far as somebody who's actually? been in this industry for a long time, but is uh, somebody who's in more of a management or, or an executive position, how, what would you, what advice would you give those folks? I think obviously that's really difficult because um, you've um, been in an industry, you have a skill set, you're uh, probably overqualified for most things. I think it's, that's when re-evaluation of your own skill sets and basically being very resourceful about what are those transferable skill set that you can take to another industry, uh, something that is booming. I mean, at the moment, aviation and, and um, anything related to it, hospitality is being affected, but um, you need to take stock and um, and really just um, reconsider what your interests uh, are and what um, your skill set is. And really just, uh, it's very tempting, Carl, to, in, to apply to anything and everything, especially when you're in a difficult position, you lost your job. I think it's it's much better to just take a week or so off and write down whatever is important for you um, in terms of what you want to do, what kind of salary you want, uh, what realistically you can do, and um, and take a much more focused um, approach. I think um, updating your skill set if you're, I don't know, Someone who hasn't been uh, forced to get up to speed with the latest technologies, um, yeah, this is the time to do that and uh, and get plugged in. 
You know, it's interesting you said that. And to your point, one of the things that I've seen in the past, having worked with people that have been laid off, furloughed, is the fact that, I'm so glad you said this, they just jump on whatever job's available, and all of a sudden they get sucked into this other job in in industry, and, and they get away from the industry that they truly are interested in. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah, that's something that everyone should avoid because, yeah, just because you get another job, it doesn't really mean what, um, that it's going to be the right fit. So, but but before, and I, I usually get the comment after I say this, is that, yes, if you have to feed your family, you feed your family first. That is obvious. Uh, so if you have to take a job right away, then, then yeah, you need to do that. But hopefully you've planned uh, for something like this, especially in a downturn. Uh, but, you know, you just, it's that high prioritization. Keep the roof over your heads and go, go in that yeah. direction afterwards. We're not talking that. You know, that's a survival mode. That's a little bit different. We're talking about your career here. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, let's yeah. go. Let's take a walk to the other end of the industry. Why don't we? How about for the young uh, professional, the person who's just getting uh, started in the career? And and I hear this a million times during every you know furlough and layoff. Um, so let me ask you this: Do you think the industry is still viable for the young professional thinking about getting into this? Definitely. I mean, we will experience a very difficult time going forward. Maybe the next sort of couple of years, three years, will be difficult. But um, it doesn't mean that you should not go into the industry. Um, it's huge. There's multiple uh, facets to it. I mean, um, the aerospace, defense, the space sector is um, still going to require the engineers, the, the skilled um, staff. And uh, there are segments of the industry that are still actively hiring, things like um, OEMs, the aftermarket, the, the sustainability, everything, anything to do with sustainability, uh, health and safety, the increased um, role uh, health and safety will play both at the, at the airlines and at, um, at the airports. Um, those kind of related roles, related um, uh, jobs will be incredibly sought after at any level. And um, anything to do with things like uh, urban mobility um, and, and again, uh, sustainability in every sense of the word, um, there are pockets of um, uh, the industry which um, will uh, thrive even in the next um, sort of year or so. And those are emerging. I mean, these are emerging technologies and emerging industries, really, with uh, with uh, sub-industries, where we will see more and more people hired within that. So if you're in front of that, it's uh, it's time to get your skills up and actually start focusing on that. I think that's a that was a great point that you made, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, sorry, and, and uh, we will talk about it, but yeah, it's... It's, um, again, reassessing your skills, and we'll cover this, but there are certain uh, employability skills that will help you succeed in a um, uh, post-coronavirus sort of world. Yeah, and and I want to just, before we move on to that, just want to say just for some of those folks in some of those industries, your work has really increased. Uh, One of the things, I'm in in a part of the world where there's a lot of logistics that happens. Uh, There's a a large, well, Amazon Prime, uh, they're putting an airline here. Uh, There's also a lot of other truck logistics 
I have to say that most of the folks I talk to are incredibly busy because the the supply chain has been stressed and they're constantly figuring out ways in which to make it more efficient uh, and also to make it continue. Uh, so continuity is incredibly important. So there's a, it, amazingly enough, I'm one of the few people that actually things have slowed down for, and, and even private aviation has done fairly well uh, within yeah. this. Um, so. Definitely. I mean, cargo is the only one bright spot in the aviation industry, which has been really uh, rocketed over the past few weeks and months because um, there is increased demand, of course, all over the world. So uh, that's where the airlines are trying to uh, make up for the for the lost um, uh, passenger traffic. Yeah, that's for sure. And they're going that direction, the cargo, because there's just so much cargo can expand. And there's a whole bunch of other airplanes out there where they can put cargo into. And we're seeing that it's really, you know, I have to say one thing, it's, it, it gives me so much hope to see that. Uh, we Recently, the airline I work for did a flight where we took these BiPAP machines and flew them uh, from the local airport here up to New York where they really needed them. Uh, this is where aviation truly shines. It's, it is exactly. something that we use, you know, and it's for recreation. Uh, it's, it's a non-necessary for many people, but there's a lot of aviation that is incredibly necessary to keep uh, the world moving forward. Uh, and that is a great example of just one small example of what we do here in the aviation industry. So if you're in the industry, just remember what you do is incredibly important. Moving people and moving products from one point to the next safely, efficiently, and you truly are meeting the world together and mending the world together, and we're doing that together, and, uh, and I think that's absolutely terrific. For some communities, Carl, this is the only lifeline um, aviation. There's no other way of accessing them, so, um, oh. and there are quite a number of those. I, I, I'm glad you brought this up because somebody had actually contacted me, one of my uh, clients, and said, uh, you know, Carl, I feel really guilty. I said, like, why? He says, because we're thriving. We are so busy. Our flying, we actually, they're asking us to do overtime. I see my friends losing their jobs. I said, well, just remember you're blessed. I mean, just feel fortunate that this is happening to you. But tell the world what's going on. Don't be shy. Tell them, listen, there's another segment to the aviation industry that's incredibly important. And that is the essential air type service and uh, and realizing that the service in the aviation industry is essential to keep the nation and keeping the world yeah. moving. Uh, so so don't feel guilty about it. Just uh, just make sure you remember, uh, you know, that this happened and uh, and just really feel blessed and fortunate for what happened. Um, but um, anyway, as far as the employability, let's go back to that. Um, can you give us a feel for what are some of the employable skills, like key skills that maybe aerospace employers are looking for and the potential candidates? So irrespective of what you studied or, or what you trained for, I think these, what we call 21st century skills, um, will be uh, helpful to you, whatever you're applying for. I think one of the most important ones is really the, the skill uh, of adaptability and, and flexibility. Um, there will be um, Far fewer jobs uh, for life going forward, um, Carl, you will need to think in a very um, agile way. Uh, you need to be um, quite flexible. You've mentioned Amazon. You've mentioned the, the the logistics side of that business. I think people will have to think very creatively around it because the jobs definitely in the next sort of two, three years will not be with the traditional um, aviation employers like the airlines and the airports, but with with the broader sort of uh, transportation logistics um, companies and 
I think um, people will have to um, realize that, um, yeah, there will be a very different reality uh, going forward. The the other skill that I would um, highlight is, is um, creativity, innovation. I mean, human ingenuity um, to, to invent, to dream up new products and, and new ways of working uh, will not be replaced by robots. So that's definitely something to, to develop and to hone. Any digital skills, any coding skills, uh, themes like digital transformation at organizations uh, will get a boost because of the coronavirus. Um, therefore, um, obviously, professionals with with uh, with digital skills, um, including web development, digital marketing, uh, coding, will be uh, very very important. And last but not least, I think. Um, Emotional intelligence again, the ability to to be aware um, of and 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 express uh, and control our emotions and be aware of others' emotions will be um, critical as well. I think it's um, it's uh, it's a skill that is coveted by organizations, um, irrespective of size, sector, industry, and um, commitment to lifetime of uh, learning, basically lifelong learning. That's the only way to remain relevant in, in especially in a post-coronavirus uh, reality. I think those are the the main ones that I would um, highlight here. Yeah, I love what you said about lifetime of learning. We should all be committed to that, no matter what you know, no matter what the industry is doing. Uh, it it helps us internally. Uh, it also helps us externally, and it helps the community as a whole. Uh, that's in my opinion. I think that's one of the reasons we should all uh, look at. You know, continuing education. That education, by the way, and I, I think you kind of touched on this. It's not just going to class, et cetera. It's reading a book. It's taking online courses, right? It's not not just going to class. Exactly. There are so many opportunities out there for free. Even I mean, I don't know if you're aware, but IATA has very recently made some of their programs, some of their paid uh, courses that they normally um, don't offer for free. They made it available for the general public um, to take advantage of. That's I think that's incredibly generous because um, there's some valuable um, uh, programs out there. Um, I think um, if you haven't been aware, uh, go and check it out. I think um, we should include that in the show notes as well because they've been incredibly popular. In fact, they, um, um, they've been oversubscribed from the moment IATA uh, made that available. Okay. Yeah, we definitely. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good point. We're going to have a lot of these resources. AviationCareersPodcast.com. You'll see it in the show notes there uh, in episode 277. One of the things that I think that you have said in the beginning here, and I, I'd like to maybe get a little more color on, is you talked about this thing called a portfolio career. So what is what do you mean by that? And how do you how do you make one? How do you develop a portfolio career? So I think we will see more of this. I think the definition of portfolio career is essentially where your total income comes from multiple sources. And, um, and this career structure is becoming increasingly popular among um, uh, professionals who enjoy a variety in, um, in their work and want to pursue um, diverse interests um, in various areas. There are... Um, Many ways of doing this. I think if you're employed full time, obviously you need to check with your um, employer what you are allowed to do and what you uh, what you can't do. But um, uh, things like um, 
having an anchor role, um, structuring your portfolio career around an anchor role with a client or with an employer, and basically having multiple gigs um, around that, um, developing it in, into a, um, a portfolio. The other way of doing it is obviously adding another uh, full-time role, but that might not be um, a possibility if you can't if you can't dedicate the the, the weekends um, to it. Many people try the multiple part-time roles um, scenario. It's it's particularly good if you enjoy the ease of having an employer um, take care of taxes, payroll, uh, liability, and, and marketing, and um, have these uh, multiple part-time add-on roles, side hustles, freelance freelance roles, independent consulting roles are quite common. And I think, uh, Carl. Um, Especially now that the layoffs are about to um, take place in the industry, we'll see uh, quite a lot of these non-traditional ways of working, basically, and non-traditional um, uh, forms of being employed more often. I think, um, especially in the U.S., these are uh, way more common than um, than here in in, uh, in Europe. But I think um, that's going to be the trend, really, not having one employment contract, but many, and um, and having side hustles, because that one contract that you have or that one employer that you have might not be enough to cover all the bills that you have. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's definitely something that uh, we'll be seeing a lot more of. You know, to, to your point, what's really interesting is the fact that we have seen so many people that were involved in uh, what people call gigs or side hustles. It, in, in the U.S., it's very popular, but it's exploding now, obviously. A good example is... Uh, you know, I'll use myself as an example. I was in the computer industry uh, for 10 years, and we did a lot of computer systems in what's called the COBOL language. And uh, I've designed and you know quite a few. One of the things that's interesting is that right now that's in high demand uh, because a lot of these systems are being updated. These are old systems, uh, decades old systems. And now for those folks that are in the airline industry, and this is here's an interesting thing. We've been talking online. Uh, those past computer consultants that have moved into the airline industry as pilots and, and flight attendants and mechanics, we've been having discussions saying, hey, listen, maybe we should move back into this for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> And it's incredible how these are things that you don't realize until it happens. And sometimes we don't know what the opportunity will be, but the only way you will know it's out there, and this is my point, is that you don't know unless you have your eyes wide open and you're looking because uh, I had no clue that they still were using, I mean, millions and millions of lines of code, especially in, uh, in states like New Jersey is really looking out, uh, asking people, uh, you know, hey, come on out. We're, gonna, we're looking for COBOL programmers because we need to have all these systems updated, etc. So th there's one way, uh, just a, a, a short example of thinking outside the box and, and having that portfolio career. And one of the things I think that we talk about a lot, you know, especially when I'm doing coaching, is, is we'll call it the Encore career or career 2.0. This actually is part of that portfolio. Don't think that you're just shutting down the last career. Just And that's the reason I brought this up. You can actually take that last career and include it in your current one, can't you? Exactly, exactly. It's not like you're saying goodbye to something uh, that you've been doing. It's basically it's adding to it. That's why it's portfolio, basically. Right, it's, um, right. It's expanding it rather than restricting it. 
you know, Rod, I, I really like that term portfolio career. I'm going to start using it more. I, I love that. Uh, you know, we've been, uh, I talk a lot to career 2.0, but it's, uh, it's terrific. Uh, love the term. It's just like an investing. You right. have a portfolio of investments in, a, in, in the careers world. We're going to be seeing a lot more of that. Yeah. But one more point to what you've just said um, around um, coders and um, techie um, guys in the industry. One sector that uh, is looking particularly promising is definitely the travel-related technology. I mean, that's where most of the um, the innovation um, uh, will come from in the coming um, uh, years. Uh, anything that has to do with the with making the travel journey more simpler, I think, uh, and more um, seamless, I think we will really see uh, an increase in in companies that will um, try to make that a reality. Really, and I think. Uh, uh, reducing the touch point at airports, uh, really making this seamless travel experience uh, possible. I think that's going to be a hot topic going forward. Um, and um, yeah, we'll see uh, startup, startup companies popping up in that uh, area, left, right and center all over the world, I think. Oh, yeah. We, and we already saw a trend in this. This is something I get really excited about because I think it's the coolest thing coming from a, a tech background. It, it is so cool. This is what technology is all about. It's making our lives easier and safer and, and making them more efficient. And this is what you, to your point, this is what's going to be happening going forward. So if you can jump into that industry uh, or that part of the industry, I think it's really important to look towards that. So a great, great point uh, made there. Um, you know, one of the things we kind of haven't talked about a lot, and this is something that uh, I'd have to say I spend a lot of my time with, is dealing with, um, you know, the, the personal impact, uh, meaning our personal emotional health. Uh, this is something I think we tend not to stress enough, but we really need to, is, uh, you know, you may need some help from other folks to help you out during this period, and you can also find things online. So, you know, Arpad, let me ask you, what do you suggest as far as trying to deal with this whole emotional roller coaster and during this whole job search? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's obviously, um, the job search process is, is fraught with, with many ups and downs and um, angst and and uncertainty that um, that comes with it about your own future and livelihood. I think one of the most important things that uh, people find helpful is 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 really the the knowledge um, about what's coming. The the job search process will involve a lot of um, ups and downs for uh, for several months, and I think. Yeah, obviously one week you might have uh, a lot of net good networking meetings, networking interviews, cold scheduled um, with various people, but then you hear, then, then you don't hear anything, then you've got the radio silence. I think knowing from the start that you will experience these swings in activity and emotion can, can really help you prepare um, to, to better anticipate and handle them with uh, when they really occur, I think that's um, that's one um, important um, thing to bear in mind. The other one is really the ability to process your emotions, engaging in activities like things like meditation, journaling can help you really process your uh, many negative emotions um, as they arise. And um, I think avoiding them, suppressing them, um, talking about your emotions, I think that only result in in um, in anxiety and depression. Really, I think processing them in um, 
write, either writing them down, talking to someone who can, um, uh, who's willing to listen. I think that's um, that's crucial. That leads me to the other point I wanted to mention is is getting support. I think having someone to talk to uh, throughout your job search, someone who's maybe not a family or friend, or someone who's really a career coach, uh, a job search work group mate or 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 someone who can really help you emotionally uh, i think uh, i think that's critical i think um, um a third party who's not involved in any way you really need to have that and lastly uh, carl i think the um getting involved making sure that your day includes something an, an activity that energizes you whether it's exercise listening to music or 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 something that re- revitalizes you is is absolutely critical in helping you put things into perspective really and and focus on on other things as well so yeah those would be the the main ones i would um want to highlight those are all really good. If you don't mind, I'm going to add one more to the list, and this is my favorite, is volunteer. I tell you, you don't realize how well you have it until you volunteer and help other people that are, are less fortunate. Uh, and that it really. And the other thing is neat is you actually start communicating more, you get more involved, and it, it really it, it enhances your whole life in general. So uh, big, big advocate of volunteering, as most people know. And uh, you know, I'm actually going to probably republish that article about volunteering and volunteering. Volunteerism. It really not just helps other people in the society, it also helps yourself. So it's a win-win situation. Uh, and this is part of that reaching out because when you start volunteering, you have other people that uh, you know are out there that can give you some advice. You know, free advice, uh, advice from a, a counselor, a coach that that you're not actually specifically paying is really important. It's a great point, uh, our pod. So uh, this has been really good. A couple, anything else that we need to discuss as far as uh, the overview of the industry and and move forward is anything we missed i think the most important message for um especially young people especially those who are coming into the industry that although it's difficult and although you may find yourself in a position when you really invested a lot of money and time especially i'm talking about pilots um who just been trained and they they are left there without a, a job to go to is really it's it's very important not to lose that um, belief that this is temporary. Although the industry has been through a lot of different um, um, crises previously, whether it's nine eleven or the two thousand eight two thousand nine financial crisis, nothing like this um, happened uh, previously. Uh, everything else was quite locally contained. This is a proper global um, issue, um, which resulted in um, aviation having to essentially cease to exist. I mean, 95% of the operations um, uh, seized globally. Uh, um, Airlines like um, Cathay Pacific uh, laid off an awful lot of stuff in the US um, very recently. I don't know if you you caught that piece of news, predominantly uh, flying personnel um, in their bases on on the West Coast, but also in the East Coast. So, um, there's an awful lot of bad news, but I think it's really important to focus on on some of the um, more positive pockets that we covered um, during the show, um, uh, Carl. And I think surrounding yourself with positive people, um, people who don't um, constantly um, highlight the negative, but who can really drag you uh, uh, through this really difficult period, I think that's um, that's crucial. I don't know if you would agree. 
I, I would very much agree with that. And don't listen to the naysayers. Uh, we have a whole episode on that, and there's a great video that was done by uh, somebody who was involved in sports talking about the, the naysayers and how to bring yourself up because there's a lot of folks right now, especially family and friends. I hear this a lot, and they're telling them, hey, listen, this is why you shouldn't have got into this quote-unquote industry. You know what? That can be true of any industry at any time. Uh, everyone waxes exactly. and wanes, so it's not just specific to this. I love the fact that you talked about – you know, getting out there and, you know, really you're interacting with people. And uh, these are all very, very important things. Uh, but there's also some resources out there you had talked about. Um, and before we close, we, we probably should go over all those. We're going to have them in the show notes. So a couple of things coming up uh, that also are available later on as webinars because they're recorded. So tell us a little bit about those again. Remind us. Yeah, I mean, in case you've missed it, um, it's gonna it's available on the Royal Aeronautical Society's um, website with the with the careers and the employability team. We are putting together two um, webinar series. One of them um, is aimed at young professionals, early careers, those who um, are um, at the beginning of their career journeys, equipping them with with some practical. Um, tips on how to apply, how to really manage their um, careers, how to not give up on the industry, most importantly. I mean, we've really tried to put a positive uh, spin to it. And the other one, um, Carl, which is going to be later on in May, um, it's going to be a webinar for um, specifically aimed at industry um, veterans, so to say, people with with a lot of experience, seasoned executive, executives who are having to reinvent themselves and really uh, think about their careers in a very different uh, way that they ever thought they would have to. It's it's really, um, we're trying to get a few people from the industry talking about their experiences as well and, and really just uh, be as practical as uh, as we can and, and give some valuable advice to, to people who will need it. So we'll have all those links in the in the show notes here. And if obviously, if you have more, please let us know and contact us, and we'll put them also on the website. Um, Arpad, though, what, where can we find you on the internet other than them writing to us? Uh, how can we find you out there? Yeah, I think probably the easiest one is um, looking me up on on LinkedIn. If you put in my name, Arpad Sakal, then um, I'll uh, I'll appear there. Um, and also our company website, which is. Um, www.salenceplus.com it's um Salence like excellence plus.com uh, but it's also included in the in the show notes if you would like to um, get in touch by all means do that very happy to pick this up with you and, and have a conversation around your um career or anything that um, is on your mind well again thanks for being here Arpad. it's always wonderful talking to you no, thank you for the opportunity, Carl. It was really good, and hopefully it was um, of some use to, uh, to the audience. Yes, and oh, I'm, there we have so much here and so much to unpack, and there's uh, so many links and resources. Every time you come on, it's it's absolutely wonderful. And if you're listening right now and you're you missed a lot of that, we talked a lot, a lot here. So please go back to the show notes, click on those links, click on uh, his LinkedIn profile, and you will be sent over to his business. There, he has lots of resources, and there's lots of webinars that are upcoming, that have happened 
pre-recorded. I'd love you to listen to those. But most importantly, I think one of the things that we can do, especially during this period, whether you've been furloughed, laid off, or if you're afraid of being furloughed and laid off, to do something. You have to. You can't just sit there and think about it. Get involved. If you're somebody that is feeling down, get involved in some something where you're volunteering. Become involved in the society. Maybe not on a, on a, on a very personal basis, but you can do it online like we're doing here. There's many ways to do that, but the most important thing is when you turn off this podcast, I want you to do something right now, right away, right when you turn it off. Call somebody, text somebody, get online, and Do something right now to move forward in your life and your career. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying out there. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.